Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hello, my loves. I have a question this week, and you'll have to forgive me because my voice is a little funky. It happens from now and again when you talk as much as I do. I have a question from V, and V says, I'm in a moment of deep and painful transition. I lost my father, my soulmate, six months ago. There have been a couple other big losses the past couple of years, and I've stayed devoted to my past the best I can to honor all the grief. Doing the rituals, saying my prayers to my ancestors, crying under the moon. Accept, surrender, and try to accept some more. I'm seeing a therapist when I can and leaning on friends and mentors. I like the way you talk about balance because that's how I feel it. You can do the best you can do, but there's no guarantee of anything. There's no promise that things will get better. That being said, I've reached a point where my old coping patterns of hurting myself have popped up strong and I feel discouraged, like I don't know what else to try. I have held my light the best I can the past couple years and have poured my soul into honoring whatever life throws at me. But right now I feel like I can't do it anymore. Not like this. The present is incredibly painful and the future feels non-existent. Maybe you can see some of this in my chart. Maybe you can help me see it through my North Node in Pisces. I don't want to let my Pisces tendencies pull me under into this martyrdom, but I'm tired, hopeless, and unsure of how to proceed in a healthy way. Thank you for sharing yourself in the world. And V was born on February 18th, 1989 at 12.05 p.m. in La Jolla, California. So V, this is, this is a lot. And I'm really, really sorry that you're going through this. It's a lot of grief. It's a lot of struggle. Losing a parent, losing a loved one is so upending. And, you know, if you feel that you have a soulmate connection with your father, I just want to acknowledge that there really are no words for that kind of grief. You know, the intensity of pain passes with time, but for now, that doesn't really help, does it? So, again, I'm sorry. To your question, you have suggested that your Pisces North Node is to blame for the struggle you have around self-harm, the feelings of, you know, leaning on martyrdom feelings, all of that kind of stuff. And I want to actually just start with that because that's straight up astrology talk. And that's just simply not what I would consider to be the case in the situation. You have a beautiful North Node. Your North Node is in Pisces, conjunct your Midheaven and your Sun. It is a beautiful placement for the North Node, and it does not incline you towards martyrdom at all, actually. It inclines you towards taking responsibility for yourself. So this email that you've written me clearly depicts how you have been knocked down and not only taken clear strides to get yourself back up, but you haven't been doing it alone. You've been reaching out to others. You've been leaning on people who can hold space for you. Mentors, therapists, you know, all that kind of good stuff. That's some 10th house north node business right there. In astrology, the nodal axis, which is a much bigger topic than I will get into in response to your question, but the nodal axis, it's called an axis because wherever we have the north node, its exact opposite point is the south node. And the north node represents what your soul is journeying towards in this lifetime. While sure, It is possible that you could embody the unhealthy traits of Pisces, of going into martyrdom, not taking responsibility for yourself. That is highly unlikely for you. 
Now, I'll say it's highly unlikely for you simply because you have this beautiful, powerful conjunction between your North Node and your Midheaven and your Sun. And what that indicates is that it's like in this life, you are in a beautiful boat with you at the helm. And this boat is pointed towards your North Star. You've come here into this life to find spiritual convictions that are simple and true that guide you. When we have the North Node in the 10th house, we've come here with lessons to learn, deep lessons to learn around embodying responsibility for the self. Because you have it in Pisces in that conjunction, that responsibility for the self is spiritually inspired. It is not just heartfelt in a Cancerian way, but heartfelt in a kind of a deeper Piscean way. It's a spiritual way. While the south node in your fourth house can incline you to want to lean on family and lean on your closest people and have them take care of you as a way to kind of not have to fully take responsibility for yourself, that can happen. That is more of a Cancerian codependence than a Piscean martyrdom. Because this is astrologically an important difference, but also in the story that you tell yourself about your spiritual journey or about your tendencies, I think it's an important distinction. It's subtle but important, which actually gets us to the real issue here. You mentioned that you struggle with behaviors of self-harm. I'm instantly looking for Pluto because Pluto is all about destruction. Pluto governs abuse and trauma and violence. Mars is also a planet associated with violence, but in a very different way. So I look first for Pluto and then for Mars. And what do I see in your birth chart? Pluto opposite Mars. The tendency towards self-harm, whether it is mental or it is physical, is associated more with this opposition, which actually forms a T-square to the planet Venus. Let's get into that. You are going through so much right now. It's all the stuff that you named in your question, but that's kind of not all you're going through. So bear with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get right back to this Pluto-Mars opposition. But in May of 2019, you entered into a once-in-a-lifetime transit called Neptune Square to the Ascendant. When this transit occurs, a number of things happen, but a big one is uh, an increased sense of anxiety and uncertainty as you feel like on some level, the rug's been pulled out from underneath you. And so experiencing a loss is not uncommon. Now, that loss isn't always death, but it's a loss of something or someone that you felt you needed in order to know who and what you are. Neptune always teaches us lessons associated with boundaries. It always teaches us lessons associated with spirituality. The key here is to recognize that part of why you are likely to have kind of had your old habits triggered is because you are needing greater self-care. Now, again, it sounds like you do a lot of self-care. So I'm sorry to say that to you because I don't want it to sound like, you know, your life is nothing but self-care. But yeah, right now that's kind of where your life is. You really do need to prioritize the self-care that you know you need to do. And here's the thing. When it comes to Neptune, it's always simple. It's always simple. And simple is breathing. Simple is drinking water. Simple is making sure you have enough protein in your body, enough vitamins in your body, that you're eating enough veggies, like the real simple stuff. 
making sure that you don't hang out with people that make you feel crappy, that kind of stuff. Neptune square to the ascendant is not a transit that is specifically associated with self-harm, but it is specifically associated with feeling martyred, feeling helpless and hopeless, and like you just can't. I want to say to you that you are allowed to feel that way, but it's wise to put a container around it. And what that looks like is having healthy boundaries around you're allowed to step into martyred feelings and thoughts and feel helpless and hopeless and not try to put a positive spin and not try to fix it for, I don't know, two hours a day, let's say. I'm just making it up. You can change it. Change it as you need it. And then after those two hours a day where you truly indulge those feelings, you do a little pull yourself up by your bootstraps just like a sun hugging the midheaven can, just like three planets in Capricorn can. You pull yourself up and you say, okay, now I'm going to find one thing that I can do to fortify myself. So that might mean something really simple. That might mean a distraction that isn't destructive, some sort of neutral behavior, right? It might mean something deeper, like going to therapy or you know, taking a walk somewhere that is lovely. But the key here is to give yourself space to feel what you feel without indulging it in a self-destructive way. You are also experiencing the tail end of Saturn return stuff. So your Saturn return was over December 2018 and 2019. You know, there's a lot of cleanup on ILU. The Saturn return happens and it doesn't exist in a vacuum. And when it's technically over, it doesn't necessarily feel completely over. Saturn is still moving through your seventh house, your house of relationships, and it has dipped in and out of your eighth house, which is the house of many things, including death and loss. So Saturn will remain in your house of grief and letting go for some time. And that sometime is exactly March of 2021. This data I'm giving you is based on me using Campanus house systems. Now, when we use different house systems in astrology, the midheaven and the ascendant stay the same, but all the other houses can change shapes. So if you look at this through a different house system, you might see a different amount of time that Saturn is moving through this particular house, but I'm just giving you what I work with here. So this is a maturizing transition as you go through deep experiences with your relationship to loss and grief and letting go. This is a deeply psychological and spiritual transit, Saturn through the eighth. And it happens to every human person once every approximately 29 years. We go through a period that lasts an indeterminate amount of time where we go through these lessons. Now, it's, again, not always about physical death. But I don't think this is just about the physical loss of your dad. It's also about this transition that you're in as a person, realizing how much you have done, how much you have integrated, and how much you still have in front of you. And that's its own loss, isn't it? It's a loss of innocence in a way. And this is what is so difficult about the Saturn return is that we go through it and it's a struggle and, you know, it's a calamity. And then once it's passed, we're left looking at like, oh shit, this is it. This is, (laughs) this is me stepping into my adult years. This is me uh, either in my thirties or just into my, about to be into my thirties. It's kind of humbling, but that's what Saturn does. Saturn humbles us. It teaches us lessons that we don't necessarily want to learn. You're also going through a Uranus square to Mercury. This is a mixed blessing. Now, on the one hand, it stimulates your central nervous system, which if you have like mental tics where you are obsessing on something like self-harm, 
then this could be quite triggering. Now, on the positive, Uranus squared to Mercury is a once-in-a-lifetime transit that doesn't happen to everyone. And when it happens, it represents a time when you can truly change your mind. And I don't just mean your attitudes and your opinions, although certainly that, but also you can change your mind. You can make adjustments on how you relate to your thoughts, on how you hold your thoughts, and how you understand your thoughts. And that shit is so valuable. It's so valuable to anyone and certainly to you at this time in your life. And so there is a lot of energy supporting you forward. Okay. Now, all of that said, my dear V, let's get back to your Pluto Mars opposition which is the thing to focus on instead of the North Node, I-M-O. Having Mars in the 12th house, opposite Pluto in the 6th house, it can incline you towards feeling really out of control. It can incline you towards feeling like you are not allowed to get angry because anger leads to violence and violence is really bad. There is a fear that most people experience around aggression and even assertion and boundaries when they have this opposition. To make matters more complex, both of these planets square this planet Venus in your birth chart, inclining you to want to be pleasant and diplomatic and nice. Now, I say it in a tone of voice that makes that sound like not a good thing, right? And the reason why I am holding it in this way, this drive to be likable and nice and diplomatic can come at the expense of full self-expression, authentic honesty, and the ability and willingness to experience all of your emotions, even the messy, ugly ones. When you talk to me about these habits of self-harm that you experience. And I want to say, of course, I am not a therapist. (laughs) I am not your doctor, right? I am not meeting with you one-on-one. You should use this information and my perspective as simply additional data on your path instead of the final word. Bring whatever it is that I say that is resonant for you to people who know you and who are directly in your life and collaborate to see what is useful and what is usable and what isn't. You know, some ideas might sound right, but you're not ready or interested to embody them or whatever. Use common sense, have critical thought. I love it when people love my work, but never stop (laughs) holding it critically because we we must think for ourselves. When I see the tendency towards self-harm in your birth chart, I see it as a result of you not giving yourself permission to experience and express in a safe and healthy way anger and rage. And my sense is that you have a great deal of both. I wonder if within your self-care regime, you could add something additional. And that would be some sort of one-on-one, if possible, if that's financially possible, if it's not financially possible, then in a group physical training around perhaps self-defense, perhaps American boxing, perhaps Krav Maga, something that is combat-oriented. Maybe you want to try archery. I would encourage you to find a way to use your body as a safe and intentional vehicle for experiencing and expressing anger and power and intensity. And I think quite frankly, this would be very fucking uncomfortable for you. I think it will be very unpleasant for you in many ways. 
And I also think it will be deeply cathartic because what you are doing is turning your anger and your rage and your intensity against yourself when you move towards self-harm. That is because it's the only way you're giving yourself permission to experience and express those things. And there are safe and healthy ways of experiencing and expressing violence that have nothing to do with self-harm, that are in fact empowering and cathartic. And I want to encourage you to pursue those. There is nothing more satisfying than throwing a punch and having it crack on a heavy bag. So many of us who run in spiritual circles or who were raised as female, we don't give ourselves permission to truly step into the power that our body can hold. But I say, fuck something up, but not yourself. Fuck something up, but not destructively. Learning how to throw punches. I'm not encouraging you to get in the ring with people. I'm not encouraging you to go into combat. I'm encouraging you to learn how to stand in your power and to channel it with intention, to take all of your angry, resentful, petty, bitter, just rageful feelings and channel them through your body. I really do believe that this will be transformative for you, that this will be deeply helpful and healing for you. Mars and Pluto are both the planets of war. And Because you have Mars in the 12th house, there is an indication that one of your parents experienced some sort of violence, either in their home, in their early years, or in their environment. And that experience made them quite frightened of experiencing and expressing anger and of conflict. And that got passed down to you. As a result, you may unconsciously repress any and all of those feelings towards others, and therefore unconsciously redirect those feelings towards yourself. And that's not sustainable. Not only is it not sustainable, but it doesn't serve anyone else because it means that so much of your power, so much of your potential is kind of twisted up and redirected within in a way that actually slows you down on your path. There is hope. There is hope for you. What that looks like is trying new things. What that looks like is stepping into the feelings instead of only breathing into the feelings. Now, you know I love breathing into feelings. It is one of my favorite things. However, it's not the only thing. It can't be the only thing. And I don't really mean to suggest I think it's the only thing you're doing. I actually think you're a damn workhorse. But I don't know that you've allowed yourself to do this one thing that I'm referring to that I think will be transformative. I'm assuming with your team of support, you've talked to them about the self-harm stuff. If you haven't, I certainly encourage you to. I think that we need to make sure that we are not hiding with our self-destructive behaviors because when we hide it and we don't really tell other people about it is when it can kind of get a lot worse. And so there is an important step to take around this. Now, I will say one last thing. Because you have Mars in the 12th house, it's in the sign of Taurus, which is a very stubborn placement for Mars to be. So you are not the quickest to make changes and implement changes. But because you have Mars in the house of Pisces, it does have some of that martyred vibe that you were referring to. Because Pluto is in the sixth house, it can often coincide with resentments. So Pluto in the sixth often feels really resentful of what everyone is or isn't doing or the work that you have to do because you feel like you've been already working so hard. So this opposition in the 6th, 12th polarity absolutely can be experienced and expressed as martyrdom, resentment, 
frustration with the self, frustration with others. So I want to really validate that it makes sense why you would have pointed towards that North Node in Pisces, but that's not actually where it's coming from, IMO. So work on Pluto, work on Mars, and know that when you do that, it directly implicates your personal relationships because both of those planets in opposition to each other form a square to Venus, which is how we relate to others. As you become more embodied, as you have better boundaries with yourself, as you figure out a way to experience and express anger and frustration in a healthy and creative way, you will also probably have more direct boundaries. You will probably also start to be clearer with yourself and others about what you can and can't do. Your energy will change. And that tends to be upsetting and surprising. As that occurs, your personal relationships may need to shift, right? That's your trigger to be like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to be too much for other people. So what you want to do is maintain humility and talk to people and say, I am working on these changes. If you feel like I'm coming on too strong, if you feel like I'm changing in ways that are confusing to you, please talk to me. I want to know. I want to do this right. And if you trust your friends, then they'll do it. And if you can't trust your friends, then things need to change anyways. See what I'm saying? My dear, I wish you so much strength and power and compassion and patience and love on your journey. Keep on trying. It's time to stand up and fight for our democracy. We the people are marching to be seen and heard. We are marching to remind our elected officials that they work for us. We are marching because the current regime is a threat to our democracy and our values. We are marching to demand action. On September 21st, we the people will be marching in Washington, D.C. And if you're like me and you can't make it to the D.C. area, there are solidarity marches happening all across this country. Go to wethepeoplemarch.org to get information or get involved. I have horoscope time for you. You ready for it? Okay. We're going to look at the week of September 15th through the 21st of 2019. There is a lot to talk about, even though there are not that many transits happening this week, I want to acknowledge that the last week or two of all these Neptune transits, all these Neptune oppositions to the planets that have been in Virgo, uh, it's kind of felt like a Mercury retrograde. Have you noticed? And the reason why I say that, because Neptune and Mercury are not at all the same, but it's felt kind of like I don't know, like communication is messy, like things are off. You may have been feeling really scattered or like you're dealing with other people who are scattered. Misunderstandings, missed appointments, exhaustion, confusion. These are all things that Neptune has brought us. So if you've been feeling a damn mess, if you've been feeling exhausted and off, these transits have all passed with that full moon in Pisces that we had on the 13th or 14th, depending on where you were in the world. That's nice. That's cool, right? On the 18th, I'm just going to name that Saturn goes direct. It's been retrograde and it goes direct. And Saturn is, of course, in the sign of Capricorn. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning this is actually not to get too deep into it. It's because I want to take this as an opportunity to educate and inform when the inner planets, the personal planets, Mercury, Venus, Mars, when those guys retrograde, it's big news. Read all about it, front page. But when the slower moving planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, when they retrograde, it's just, it's just like, it's just what happens, y'all's is. 
all of these slower moving planets retrograde every year frequently. Basically, what that means is a lot of things. But the first thing is it's not the biggest deal. It is more of a collective and a societal shift than it is a deeply personal one. The way in which it is personal is if you are the recipient of a direct transit from that outer planet to a planet in your birth chart, if you're going through a transit by a slower moving planet, then you're going to really feel that retrograde because with transits from outer planets, aka those slower moving planets, they generally will give us one to three passes. So let's say your sun is at 15 degrees of cancer. That means when Saturn is at 14 degrees, 15 degrees, or 16 degrees, it's an active transit. However, Saturn retrogrades back and forth over that 15th degree. And so every time it passes the 15th degree or it's sitting within the 15th degree, that means it's an exact transit. So you might experience that once or you might experience that up to three times over the course of your Saturn opposition to the sun. Now, this is true for all the transits from these slower moving planets. Don't freak out. You don't need to write home about it. It's just, it's just how astrology works. Okay, so on the 19th, Mars forms a trine to Pluto. This is a really lovely transit. Mars trine to Pluto is when we feel energized and capable. Pluto is never completely easy. When we're dealing with transits to Pluto, certainly by Pluto, it's never completely easy because we're dealing with things that are otherwise scary or intense or somehow threatening because Pluto governs our flight or fight mechanism. So even when we're dealing with a planet like Mars forming a beautiful trine to Pluto, it's still going to engage our flight or fight mechanism. It's just going to do it in a harmonious way. This is the time to reach out to someone you've been too shy to reach out to. This is the time to make eye contact with someone you think is super cute and just see what happens. It's a time to be brave and it's a time to step into your power. As with all trines, nothing's going to force you to do anything. The only time our hand is forced is with those more painful or challenging transits and aspects. Take the time. Set the intention. Do a damn thing, my loves. Be brave do a damn thing. And you know what? What might be the most brave thing for you at this time is to turn off your phone and take a really long nap to give yourself a break. I want to be clear that bravery is not always proactivity and industry. Sometimes it's giving yourself permission to take care of your body, to restore, especially after this period we're coming out of where everything has been kind of exhausting and overwhelming. You are allowed to prioritize revitalizing your own energy, investing in your physical wellness or your energetic wellness. In fact, you're more than allowed. You're encouraged. Watch me encourage you now. And that brings us to the transit I really want to talk about this week. And it's happening on the 21st. Jupiter is forming a square to Neptune. So Jupiter in Sagittarius is at 16 degrees and 59 minutes, which is basically 17 degrees of Sagittarius. And Neptune is at the same exact degree of Pisces. These are two outer planets. These are two slow moving planets. And whenever we're dealing with these outer planets, we generally are looking at the collective. We're looking at big societal themes. And that doesn't mean it's not also very personal, but it's for sure social and political. My loves, everything is political. But when we're dealing with the outer planets, we definitely want to look at social and political context for this. So 
As I was just saying, there are generally three passes with transits from outer planets, and this is no exception. So the first exact hit was on January 13th. The second hit was on June 16th, 2019. And then this third and final hit will be September 21st. Now, they weren't all at the exact same degree, but they are all between Jupiter and Sagittarius and Neptune and Pisces. Now, Jupiter and Neptune have a couple things in common. They are idealistic. They don't love boundaries, aka often need to learn how to work within boundaries, and they both aren't great with time. Yeah, they know the clock is there, but what is reality and what is time? These are the planets that want us to ask these questions. So they're not really focused on the clock. They're focused on the feeling that they have about the clock, the potential to shift time and energy. The thing about these two planets is when they form a square, a 90 degree angle between each other, we have themes of faith. We have themes of devotional idealism. This can trigger unrealistic or fantastical expectations and hopes. It can trigger a desire for more and a frustration with the status quo because it is not humane enough. It is not spiritual and true enough. This is a tricky transit because it is hard to stay present. Both Neptune and Jupiter have a hard time with the kind of material reality that we seem to be locked in from a Saturnian standpoint, aka a reality standpoint. This is a time where faith and crises of faith are likely to be really palatable. And that might be in a really subtle way in your inner world. That might be in, you know, your community. And it might be as we look at society. Where we are dealing with Jupiter, we're dealing with boundaries, we're dealing with immigration, we're dealing with borders, we're dealing with morality, we're dealing with truth. Even this concept of fake news of what's true, I can't trust anything, or I'm going to listen to everything that you know my favorite Instagram account tells me instead of vetting to make sure that it's accurate and reliable. This is a tricky thing. It's what can I trust? Can I trust anything? What can I trust? I trust everything. These big contradictions are really classic of this square. When we have faith, we are having faith in what we actually don't have evidence of. It's what we can't yet know. The truth is, when we look at these two planets, is we must understand that they are both to do with timing, but not material timing, not clock timing. It's timing in the context of you are here and alive for a reason. You woke up this morning in this mood for a reason. Can you be present, not future, not past? Can you be present at this moment and respond with the greatest grace, intention, integrity, kindness, compassion, empathy? These are all Neptunian themes. Can can you respond in those ways? Can you honor Jupiter's need for truth and morality? Can you do these things even when? you don't have any evidence that things will turn out the way you want. Even when the rest of your personality or your life says, oh, everything's going to shit, I'm doomed. Having faith is not the same thing as scientific evidence. Although if we're being honest, and I am very pro-science, a lot of science is somehow faith-based, right? We prove and disprove and prove and disprove science all the time because truth is evolving. Truth is not a fixed point. And also, truth is a fixed point. Basically, what I'm saying is there's paradox. And this is Neptune square to Jupiter. It's stepping into the paradox and being able to hold on to yourself and your beliefs. 
It's being able to have faith and not needing evidence quite yet. It's being able to hold on to and embody your morality, even when it's frightening. And Neptune really does govern anxiety. And so it is likely that you will experience some sort of fear. And this may quite tangibly be about looking at the world around us, looking at how many people are running for their lives, are refugees from instable government, violent regimes, violent situations, food instability, water instability. When we look at our environment and we look at what's happening with global warming and with corporate greed, when we look at the lack of freedoms that so many people have in our society, in our societies, when we look at the lack of liberty that people really have to embody their religion, their culture, their sexuality, their gender, their truth, when we look at these things, how do we reconcile them with the faith that we want to have in the universe? How do we reconcile them with the idea that we are good people living good lives in a just universe? And this is where we come back to faith. We can hold faith in a way that is Pollyanna-like. That is like, the universe will handle it, and I don't need to worry about anything that is unpleasant. And I'm not going to tell you that's the wrong way to do it. It's certainly not my way to do it. But, you know, the world is diverse, and there has to be room for all of it. However, I will also say, having faith and having peace doesn't mean only focusing on what is vetable. It doesn't mean only focusing on what is lovely. It means having faith that you do not exist in a vacuum, that you are a part of the world's solutions and you are a part of the world's problems. You are here for a reason. You have a calling and I don't know what it is. You don't need to know what it is in the context of industry. We are talking about Jupiter and Neptune. We are talking about a calling of being kind when it would be easier to be cruel. We are talking about if you are a citizen of the country that you live in, stepping up and advocating for the rights of people who are refugees, who are here and need help and support. If you have resources, being someone who shares those resources and not just with your besties and not just with people who would curry favor towards you if you share your resources with them but share your resources because you believe it is the right thing to do. And if you don't believe it's the right thing to do, then do whatever you think is the right thing to do. I'm not here to tell you what your morality is. Yes, I am. I love telling you what your morality is, but you shouldn't actually listen to me. You know, you should let this inform your own thinking and come to your own truth. I, of course, want your truth to align with my truth because I love my truth, but that shouldn't actually be your truth. Your truth is netted in you. Who are you? These are the spiritual questions that we must address and answer at this time. All of the people that you touch and all of the people who touch you, we all have our own journey. We all can only be who and what we are in this moment because of where we've been. There are ways in which someone somewhere is waiting to have an experience with you that you're not ready to have yet. And so that person must wait until you're ready. Now, that might be about your love life. That might be about your professional life. That might be about just a million different things. Think about the times that some stranger did some random thing that actually made a difference to you. Think about it. Can you be that stranger to someone else? Are you ready? Are you ready today? Maybe not today. How about tomorrow? 
These are questions to ask yourself because, my loves, we are all in this shit together. It is really important for me to acknowledge that when we're dealing with Jupiter and Neptune, we are often dealing with impatience because the present moment feels limited and the present moment feels too small. It feels scary. And so we become impatient. But here's the thing. Impatience is a fixation on what you don't have. Impatience is a fixation of where you're not. And when we fixate, whether it's on resentments or impatience or whatever else, it works as a binding spell. It is like prayer. Fixation is repetitive thought and energy towards a thing. So when you pray to the evidence of what you don't have, when you pray to your terror or your fear or your anxiety, you strengthen those things. That's not what you want. Now, again, I'm not encouraging you to be a Pollyanna and to ignore your fear and to ignore the things you don't want, but instead to make an effort to have greater balance. And that might look like around this date, starting a gratitude list once a day, first thing in the morning, last thing in the evening, on your lunch break, whatever works for you. But once a day, write out a list of all of the things that you're grateful for. Acknowledge your privileges. Acknowledge your strengths. Acknowledge your amazing hair day, even if it only lasted for half the damn day. Find a way to be present for what is good in equal parts to your presence for what is not. And that will strengthen and buoy you. And it will help you to be more resilient in the face of your own fears, in the face of injustice, and in the face of the inevitable bullshit that life brings. Because we know that life brings bullshit. Now, my loves, I thank you so much for joining me for another week of Ghost of a Podcast. And I hope that if you like the show, that you subscribe to it wherever you listen to it. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, write a review. You know, I've mentioned it before, but I'm going to keep on telling you. You can pre-order my book, Astrology for Real Relationships, Understanding You, Me, and How We All Get Along. Trust when I say that I go beyond sun signs. I break down all the planets. You're going to really want this book, whether you're a beginner or you're advanced. In this book, I hopefully successfully have translated the functional way that astrology works with humans and not just boys and girls, but all the humans, and not just in long-term committed married relationships, but in all kinds of relationships. Thanks for joining me on that self-promotional journey. And uh, thanks for having me on your healing journey. Let's keep on showing up together. Every year they say the end is near.